Hi, this is Paul Shortino. You're listening to Focus on Metal with Scott Thompson. Hey, Metalhead, Scott Thompson here, welcoming you once again to, yep, you guessed it, another episode of Focus on Metal. And again, this week we have another returning guest, that would be Paul Shortino. I guess we're on a roll. We had Glenn Hughes come back, and then the week after that we have Scott Leach come back, and the week after that, last week we had Paul Logue come back, and this week... Paul Shortino was back. Last time Paul was on the show was when I sat down with him back on episode 138. That was shortly after the King Cobra 2 release came out. As usual, Paul's always a great guy to talk to. And last time when we talked, Richie couldn't make it down for the interview. So uh, this time, it just kind of really worked out that, you know, we scheduled this thing and I come blazing in from work and I am just basically toast. And so I pretty much just sat back and ran the board and let Richie take this one. So you'll notice that I have uh, almost nothing to say through this whole interview. I just, like I said, I sat back and Paul gives his stories and all that. And I thought Richie did a great job with the interview and no uh, no real need to butt in on it. So in the end, I guess it worked out pretty good. I got the first interview with Paul. Richie got the second one. And you guys are the proud beneficiaries of the uh, entire endeavor. And just kind of puts you in the right place, date and time and all that. We did this one back on October 25th. So when Paul runs down a few of the dates that are upcoming for things that he's doing, well, They've already gone by. Nonetheless, all good stuff Paul has to talk about in this interview, talking all about the the rough cut re-releases, what's going on with King Cobra, what's going on with Raiden the Rock Vault, a whole lot of great Ronnie James Dio stories, just a ton of stuff to be had in this, uh, this cool chat that we had with Paul. But before we do that, what do you say we do a track of the week? All right, I've got a very cool track of the week for you this week, and I have to admit that uh, my buddy Bob Nelbandian actually tipped me off to this one. As we get all these uh, promo feeds coming into us, a lot of times you miss albums, and a uh, good thing that Bob just kind of sent me up a little, uh, hey, check out this one, make sure you don't miss it. And I'm talking about a band called Lightning Strikes, and these guys were... Uh, part of the whole L.A. metal scene uh, back in uh, the 80s, you know, 1985, when these guys first got together. So, of course, Bob's going to know all about these guys. Just kind of one of these bands that fell apart before they really ever uh, really ever hit it big. But uh, great stuff, and they have this real classic metal sound. And uh, this is just kind of like one of these Phoenix from the Ashes kind of stories here where, you know, 25 years later, the uh, original founding member and drummer Carpus Maxudian decided to pick up the pieces and, uh, and just resurrect the band. And he got the original bassist, Cat Tate, back with him. Cat played with Snoo, played with Red again. And these guys went out and they started to look at, you know, other players and stuff. They pulled in Rob Math. Uh, Keith comes out of Leatherwolf and also Nando Fernandes from Hangar and put this whole new lineup of lightning strikes together. And then they went out and they got some great special guests, got Derek Sherinian adding keyboards on here, 
on the album. We got Tony Martin lends vocals to uh, two different songs, and then uh, Noah from the uh, the band Avanchik actually comes in with vocals on Kamikaze, and they wrap the whole thing up by having it produced by Roy Z. I mean, come on, Judas Priest, Dickinson, Halloween, what the heck, right? And then Meyer Applebaum comes in and masters the whole thing. So you know you got just a killer, killer album on your hands when you're talking about this. And as I said, it is that classic, classic kind of a metal sound, and uh, I think it also goes well with the whole theme of this week's show. A lot of the stuff that uh, that Paul talks about as well, because there's definitely a, a rainbow, you know, kind of thing with Ronnie James Dio singing for Rainbow. Ah, that whole element is in this album, and uh, and definitely it's in here in spades. And of course. Probably the one that brings that out the most is the last track on the album. Track 11, it's called We Don't Rock Alone. So track of the week this week from Lightning Strikes on the uh, Pure Steel, Pure Legend imprint from the self-titled release. This one is called We Don't Rock Alone. go this week's track of the week again like i said name of the band is lightning strikes it's from their self-titled one great stuff and if you want to hit up these guys you can go to lightningstrikesrocks.com you can also hit them up on facebook lightning strikes and also uh on uh, on twitter they are ls rocks official so there you go all your social media hits there definitely a great album i think to pick up just cool stuff front to back. Even do a cover of the classic uh, classic Deep Purple one, Our Lady on here. 
So uh, as I said, good stuff here from Lightning Strikes for our track of the week. So on to our interview with Paul Shortino. As I said, this was done back in October 25th. So some of the things that Paul references have uh, have gone by, some of the dates in Vegas and so forth. But you can always head up to paulshortino.com and uh, keep track of everything that Paul is up to. So I thought I'd be all clever and insightful on this one and uh, pick up where I left off last time Paul was on the show. As I said, Paul was on the show to promote the uh, King Cobra 2 to release way back in 2013. So I thought, hey, why not? Why not play a track off of King Cobra 2 and from there go into Richie's brand new interview with Paul Shortino. So off of that album, this is the track called Running Wild. It's Richie here from Focus on Metal. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Have we good to do the interview? Yeah, I'm ready. Excellent. I'm here with my co-host, Scott. Hey, Paul. Hey, Scott. Good to talk How to are you, you? Man. Good to talk to you guys. Yeah, so in the last year or so, we've had Andrew Freeman on, we've had Robin McCauley on, uh, and we had Doug Aldridge on uh, about two or three months ago. And he, oh, wow. Yeah, so he was raving about... They were all raving about raiding the Rock Vault, and... Of course, since then, it's been cancelled in the Tropicana. Uh, was that a surprise to you? Uh, I think it was a, uh, a blind side for um, everyone. I mean, we, we're just, you know, we're just hired. Uh, but uh, the uh, executive producer was in London, and they got a call, yeah. And uh, the ball um, uh, was definitely blindsided by this, but... Um, uh, they were planning on moving soon anyway, so it just basically uh, it just sped up what we had uh, planned to do anyways. I, you know, I think they wanted to move out of the trop anyway, so that was from what I, I was told. So uh, they just didn't—they weren't ready to move. They were planning on moving in uh, December. 
Okay, so there is light at the end of the tunnel. The show's not going away. Oh, no, no, no. We all got calls, and it's uh, it's going to come back. Okay. Uh, I'm sure that kind of threw a lot of your schedules out, out of whack, because I, how many shows a week were you doing there, Paul? Six. Okay, so you have a lot of free time now. Well, actually, it, what, what, it, what really was wonderful that it did happen is that I'm going to Japan. I'm leaving on the 30th, and okay. I'll be there for a week. I also did the Monsters of Rock cruise with Rough Cut, mm-hmm. and we did the, um, the going-away party at the Avalon Theater the day before the cruise started with all the people who basically bought tickets for the cruise. So we, we had a sold-out show there for Rough Cut for the first time in, like, 30 years. Wow. So... Um, it was it was really kind of cool that um, we had a break. You know, after three years of doing that show that many times a week, uh, six nights a week, um, it, uh, it 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 gets it gets to be a toll on you. Yeah, it, it must be and great. It's a, Sorry, Paul. It's, it's a great show. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I love it. I think it's an amazing show. Uh, it's a great history lesson for young people and for older people who lived through those 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 years uh it's it's mem- it's going down memory lane but it gets 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 on you thank god we got more than one singer that you know that and that that do that and guitar players that ro- rotate which is good because the most creative part of the show is your wardrobe <laughs> <laughs> You have to stay on your game and do the songs, you know, on 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 spot every night and the songs that you're doing. And the most creative part of the show is, you know, putting your wardrobe together and adding new stuff to it and taking new stuff. But trying to stick to the time period of the songs you're doing. So if we're in the 70s, then try to be in that state of fashion. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so they they actually give us the freedom to do that, which is kind of neat because it gives us a chance uh, to just uh, pretty def- pretty much define who we are. Eventually, you just end up becoming a conglomeration of all of these uh, these years. Even you know, I mean, I have my own style. Anyways, I've never been a trendy guy. I've just kind of put my own thing together and and just. Uh, Tried not to kind of fall into the what was going on, what everybody was doing. Yeah. You know, so yeah. It, it must be a little bit extra special, Paul, to go out now with Rough Cut and sing material that you actually wrote. I know that rating the Rock Vault is probably, you know, it, it's great, but I think it's a little it's bit extra. It's a great job. Yeah. That's, you know, it, it's a great job uh, for, for, however, to go out and do songs that I wrote. Uh, it's it's been really exciting. It's been a real challenge because uh, you know I sing different different than than I do now. So uh, it's, I'm in a whole different register, you know. And so uh, right now I've uh, I'm working on um, some of the songs that we're doing in in the Japanese show because I'm performing with June, who I did a song on uh, the Sega game mm-hmm. Eggman. And um, he's playing guitar, and 
some other well-known Japanese artists are, are also uh, performing, and we're doing ten rough-cut songs and four Quiet Riot songs. Nice. Two uh, in a tribute to Kevin and two that I did with the band. Nice. Uh, and the Quiet Riot stuff, and then um, uh, ten rough cuts on. So I'm actually uh, rough cut. At one time, we used to do uh, "Cut Your Heart Out" and go into rocking in the USA. Mm-hmm. And so they had actually. We didn't do that when we went out just recently on the Monsters of Rock cruise. We thought about it. Uh, although uh, the Japanese people that I'm playing with, they they saw an old rough cut version of that. I don't know how they, you know, because we used to do it, and uh, and so they want to do that. And and I I just downloaded the stuff the other day, so I just been randomly going through the songs and seeing what the arrangements are, and because uh, we're also doing stars. We did that uh, at the um, send off for the Monsters of Rock. Nice. Yeah, and Jeff Scott Soto came up and sang. My son was up there singing. Uh, uh, Doug Aldridge, uh, Eddie Trunk. I mean, we had everybody up there singing. We're stars, and uh, it's really great to actually get out there and 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 uh, and play with the guys again. It, it's 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 been real magical, and we're working on some new material. So excellent, nice. We're going to move more so in the in, in the more modern direction, and then uh, maybe hold on to a little bit of of the the old rough cut, but kind of go with what's going on, uh, doing something current. Right. Yeah. You and know. But the guys. We're going to do any Duke uh, Fame material in Japan. Uh, I should. <laughs> I should do. You know. <laughs> I, I I should snag one of the Spinal Tap songs. <laughs> Big bottoms, they got them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah uh, actually, uh, last night uh, was really fun. Uh, uh, a guy that uh, performs here in town, his name Zoe Bowie, is his stage name, and um, he got married last night, and, and everybody in Vegas was there last night. It was really a trip. It was at this museum called the Heartland Museum and uh, he had a big band there and uh, Vince Neal uh, showed up as a friend of his this uh, Chris Phillips who got married so it, it was a lot of fun last night and then I uh, I'm a minister so I ended up uh, performing uh, <laughs> the ceremony I married him <laughs> I, I asked him if they would rock Enroll their world for the rest of their lives. <laughs> Dreams. 
want to talk a little bit about the uh, the rough cut, the remasters that came out on Rock Candy. They do a tremendous job on when they remaster oh, stuff. Absolutely. I think uh, I think they did an awesome job. Yeah. Actually, both the guys and uh, Amir and Chris uh, actually got their rigs sounding just like the record, just like when they were out touring. It's amazing. Yeah. And. Um, how they sound live but the the tracks are great yeah there was one thing you said in the liner notes I want I want, just want to ask you to elaborate on a little bit more um, you, you mentioned that you were there when Ronnie James Dio got the original band together and it was a great experience for you can you talk a little bit more about that well actually uh, Ronnie used to come to rehearsals and, um, and my parents um, at the time had a studio and we also went in and uh, it was with uh, Claude Schnell, myself, Dave Alford, and Jake Williams. We went into the record plant, and then we also went into my folk studio and cut some stuff. Except the, the sec after the record plant, this time we went in with Ronnie. Dave Alford, uh, he, he knew Ronnie. And he got him to come and check us out, and, uh, and we actually did some work with Ronnie and um, we uh, went in the studio and cut Taker with him uh, we did a, a song called Try a Little Harder which was on the uh, KLOS Rock to Riches LP that was a contest in uh, Los Angeles and uh, Ronnie had produced that and some other stuff that we had did and, uh, and uh, I actually wish that he would have done the Rough Cut album actually I just found out recently from Angelo, that um, they were him and Ronnie were a bit disappointed that they didn't get a chance to do the record because our record would have come out before the I think the Quiet Riot and the Rat record uh, would have come out around the you know just a little time after Holy Diver came out, mm -hmm. and I'm not sure if that would have been a bit before, but the timing for Rough Cut because we waited for a producer. Um, and I, I think that, you know, maybe, uh, uh, Wendy Dio thought that, you know, I was being too influenced by Ronnie as a singer and even sound, maybe sounding, trying to, you know, not finding who I was, you know? So I, I don't know. Um, I'm a little disappointed because I think the, the, I love the first rough cut album. I think it's a great record. I, I'd like to take parts of the first and the second and put it together and it would be my favorite yeah. record you know because uh, yeah. some songs just don't seem to fit and some things I definitely would have done you know differently uh, you know uh, after listening to 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 it I, I would have done some things differently in certain songs uh, instead of a lot of ad-libbing in some spots because well we don't do that live you know just let the guitar players have it in certain songs so you know it, it, it's interesting when you look back on stuff um and i think that this the record would have been a lot raw more like his whole like holy diver record rough cut would have been very raw more mm because -hmm. i know that the uh taker version before it it was on the Warner Brothers uh, version. Uh, we cut that at Sound City, and we did a video of it, of that song, uh, ourselves. So it was like, you know, 
under budget <laughs> just when MTV was getting started. So it was uh, it was a trip. Yeah. So of course, the big difference on the first album and the second album, like the first one, you had Tom Allen, and the second one, you had Jack Douglas. And I'm always fascinated on what the differences are between these big name producers. Can you point to one big difference between how the two of them work? Uh, well, uh, they're both great in, their, in, in what they do. Uh, um, I think Tom Allen got really deep more in the production than the songs, uh, you know. Um, uh, you know, they're both two different, um, different, different producers, you know. And I mean, but Jack's worth, but John Lennon, you know, and. Aerosmith. He was with John Lennon the night he uh, he got shot. They just dropped him off, mm-hmm. and um, he did a lot of the Aerosmith stuff. He, Jack's done a lot of stuff. He's he's an incredible producer. And Tom, you know, it was great working with Tom. Um, you know, they're both they're both geniuses in their own in their own right I think the first album there was a little bit more into um, like if you listen to Dream and again there's a lot of stuff going on backward stuff you know production kind of um, stuff backward stuff and if you listen to stuff on headphones or you know you hear stuff and they they got into doing stuff more stuff like that and and uh, Jack kind of focused more on the songs. He changed some of the stuff around completely. Yeah, are they are the two of them big into feel? Like, are, are they do they want perfection when it comes to takes? Well, Jack, uh, Jack comped all my shit. I never at that time. I never sang the same thing twice, the same. So he would have me cut, you know, five or six tracks, and then piece stuff together yeah and then I'd hear it and I'd go I didn't sing it like that (laughs) you know yeah no you didn't sing the whole line like that you sang part of it from another track and then part of it like like on on on, uh, the night cries out for you there's a loneliness I feel I I sang those notes but he actually edited he put those together he comped those together yeah he was really good at that uh, editing and stuff like that. That's why uh, John Lennon had him work for, uh, work with him on the Imagine album. And in some of the stories he shared with us about the, how intense that was. But John would just record, you know, and do a whole bunch of different versions, and then he'd just cut, cut stuff and put it together. You know, it was interesting. Both guys worked with... Um, uh, the engineers that they had did work previously with. And they both are great engineers on their own. I mean, another guy I really wanted to work with was Neil Kernan. Yeah. He wanted to do uh, the second Rough Cut album. Okay. And um, uh, uh, it was a put to a vote. And so Jack really got the uh, the vote on it. When we spent uh, a whole day in, in, in New York with um, Neil Kernan, right after he just did the Dawkins album. Okay. And it went platinum. 
And then he was going to do the next Rough Cut record. We hung out all day long and stuff and blah, 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 blah. You know, and went shopping. Uh, he lived in the village. He had a place in the village. And so we went out on the streets just hanging out. We had, Rough Cut had uh, performed with Dio, I think, on, uh, in, on, in Long Island, I think it was. At some big, uh, some big venue on, on Long Island. Just right outside of uh, of, of New York City, and uh, so we hung out with him, and, and we were we were talking about you know really uh, what you know what would really be a good direction for the band, and he was he was mentioning you know uh, you got a singer that's really kind of more in the like Brian Adams, Paul Rogers, that kind of bluesy vein. Maybe you guys should, you know, kind of focus on that direction. And because uh, Rough Cut is such a, a mixture of so many different people's styles. And uh, it's interesting when you put them all together from their different, um, like Chris was into Alice Cooper and Priest and, you know, everybody had a lot of different influence and we, you put them together and, and it became its own kind of thing. Yeah. Now, did the one name that was on the first CD and you haven't mentioned him yet for the second one, Did what what happened to Ted Templeman? Did you just give up trying to get him at all? Well, what, what actually uh, happened with that is that um, Ted came and saw the band and signed the band. And that's what we were waiting on. Like I said, if I didn't know Ronnie really wanted and, and Angela wanted to produce the album, uh, the Rough Cut album, I would have liked to have done it. You know, I thought, you know, let's just jump in the fire, you know. Hmm. Uh, although everybody wanted Ted, figuring Ted was the executive producer of Warner Brothers, figuring Ted would get behind it more. And... Uh, he was doing. He was in the middle of doing a record with Lindsey Buckingham and Eric Clapton, and then Tom Wally was the A um, and R guy. And right after we got signed, he uh, he moved to Capitol, so we lost our A and R guy, mm. which was so weird. And um, you hear that so often, Paul, over the years. Uh, like, like the the guy that signed you is gone, and then you're just left in the wilderness. Oh, totally. Rough cut. Uh, well, we were here. We were on this huge tour, warming up for Ronnie, with the, all of his good grace and humbleness to even think about putting us on the on tour with him. And also, we were out with Crocus and Except before that. Uh, it, although here we are on this major tour with Ronnie, and he's being so gracious to help us succeed. And. Um, and 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 we lose, we lose our A and R guy and and it was just like it, it's it was so weird it was it was so weird then we just didn't have anybody and then Ted Templeman's sister was running uh, a part of Warner Brothers that had something to do with us or anyway she was handling us and setting up stuff and then she decided to just move on so then we were just kind of like ah oh, wow. 
And ZZ Top had just come out with, they were doing some promotion on them. So sometimes when you're signed to such a large label, you can get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Unless you're on, unless you're on top of the deck. You know, and right then you had like Van Halen, Madonna, um, ZZ Top, and Ronnie uh, from a total other different genre. But Warner Brothers had a lot of acts at that point, at that time period, all releasing shit at the same time. So you can, when you're at the top and bottom of the pole, sometimes you can just get, Meh. so here anyways, uh, Timing, I think, is everything. So here we wait all this time for Ted to do it, and we decide that, you know, well, we can't wait any longer. We better get somebody to produce this band and and, and get, get a record out there before those, those, those gates open and close. You know, it's just a certain time period where shit... Yeah. You know, uh, the universe is amazing how it works. Yeah. You know? you're back together with the guys now and you got the you got the five guys that were on the albums um yeah. did you keep in touch with them with them with all the guys over the years and did they all stay in the music business i know chris had been playing recently with stephen piercy yeah i think matt uh, thorne as well okay he's also been like playing with him uh we've been uh, in touch off and on you know um Chris actually reached out to me, and when we did the memorial for Ronnie last year, we uh, we all made a pact that if we would do the memorial for Ronnie, that we would reunite and do Rough Cut on a cruise. So uh, we went on the Monsters of Rock cruise, so that was our pack. And doing the gig before the show on the, the boat was 
was cool. Mm. It's interesting because uh, I had played, Rough Cut had played there before it was signed on, the, on, a, play, on, a, on a show called The Rock Palace. And that was 20-some years ago, or 30 years ago, right? Yeah. And, uh, and then Amir did, did some things there with uh, EDM kind of stuff, uh, his own thing. And uh, then Rough Cut reunites, and we play at the palace. It was like full circle. It was really a trip. It was yeah. like a total deja vu. <laughs> Yeah, so just a couple of questions, Paul, before I leave you go. Um, is there anything on the horizon at all with uh, King Cobra? I know you did a couple of shows earlier on this year, I believe, in Europe. Yeah. Um, well, uh, they're finishing up on uh, mixing a live album that um, we recorded when we were out there, so I'm, I'm waiting to hear what that sounds like. Nice. Uh uh, nothing, nothing in the f- uh, near future. More, more s- stuff with Rough Cut, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're doing the whiskey on the 25th of November, and Vamped here in Vegas on the 26th of uh, November. And uh, there might be uh, more dates, and you know, more cruises, and maybe some festivals. I, I don't know. I know Rock Vault's coming back, and I'll have to go back uh, and do. Uh, work mode mm-hmm. and uh, uh, how, however we're working on some ideas so which is kind of nice so we're just checking some things out and going in a different direction yeah and just a final question Paul for me um, I'm just curious did, uh, did Frankie Vinali ever ask you to come back to the band I know before or after Jizzy Pearl left no never no uh, never no, we, uh, we, uh, you know, Frankie's, um, that's his band and his baby, and I think he's trying to find someone to emulate Kevin, and a lot of the singers that they've got are more into Kevin's direction, so I think it wasn't because of uh, creative directions because me and Frankie we had a blast right in the first record um, I just think that he's uh, you know it, quite right it's such a you know a part of him and such a tribute to Kevin you know Kevin, Kevin and him were you know quite right you know yeah you know and, and uh, you know and Carlos and Rudy I mean that was the, the core of that band it sh- when I got in a band it should have been called something else it sounded totally different and um, and I think that uh, I think the reason why is that you know Frankie's looking for some I, I don't want to emulate Kevin you know Kevin was his own icon you know and bigger than life and um and I loved him, and he was a good friend, and I, I think that's what really Frankie's going for, and maybe uh, you know uh, styles of, but uh, creatively and musically, we got we wrote some really great stuff because Frankie's really he's got a broad, uh, he plays a lot of different types of freaking music on the drums you know mm. and, he's, and he's also a songwriter so uh, you know um, 
I don't know. Uh, it's uh, we we kitted around about putting, uh, you know, the lineup of the record, you know, with Sean McNabb just to go out and do some dates. Oh, know? I'd love I love that album, Paul. I I don't yeah. care where you're playing, I'd go. songs off of that record don't want to be your fool and stay with me tonight with uh, the japanese guys and uh, uh then i'm doing uh metal health and uh the wild and the young uh, a tribute to kevin okay and um and and so uh yeah uh i would definitely uh, i would you know we've tossed it out there i don't know i don't know what uh the relationships um are, are with anybody. I mean, I, I love I love Frankie, and I would love doing anything with him. If he wanted to do something, I would surely do it. In, yeah, in a heartbeat. Wasn't Carlos on the Monsters of Rock cruise? Did you get to meet him? Uh, he, uh, oh yeah. Oh, I didn't see him this time. No, I didn't see him this time. Uh, he, uh, I, I saw a little bit of Rat and him, and they sounded great. And yeah. I didn't, they got off at the first at the first stop. They didn't stay on the ship. Yeah, I'm often curious to uh, do many of the bands hang out. We we spoke to uh, yeah, some some do some some run in. You know, I ran into a lot of people, and we you know we didn't really hang out, but we would you know just hang out for a little bit and chit chat, catch yeah. up on time. Um, it's 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 a great thing to do. You know what? It was an it was the it was one of the most amazing journeys I've taken in a long time. It was almost like a, a shot back in time. Um, there were times like that. It was uh, amazingly re- relaxing, and and, uh, and then you know you're on a schedule. You have to meet with people and stuff, and. And it was just nice, nice meeting people and talk, chatting with them and sharing, uh, you know, experiences and and uh, I think uh, everybody should check out the uh, the Monsters of Rock cruise. Yeah, I think. Cool. Yeah, I think it's great, Paul. You still have all these people, you know, that care, you know, that remember like you have this career and they're coming up to you, and you know, it must be a very humbling experience for you know for uh, someone. You know, I'm so. So humbled and great, grateful t- that people uh, even take the time to come up and say hello. You yeah, know? I, it's uh, it's you know I've gotten some 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 uh, personal messages how you know certain 
these certain songs of Rough Cut and Quiet Riot that I did that 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 helped them through a time in their life. And I I just you know wow I I, I can dig that because there's other artists that I've listened to and helped me get through a, a part of whether it be a happy moment or, or a, a sad moment or a tragedy in the family or, you know, uh, there's always some, some, some source of music that you can, can touch your heart and your soul with. And yeah. it can help you kind of get and just kind of get yourself in, 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 in check and balance and, and the right frequency uh, back in life. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's it's nice to hear that, and it's and it's really nice to do some of these songs again. I've been having a really good time. There's a on some of the stuff that they sent me. There's a there's a guy singing, a Japanese guy singing really low. They really squashed his voice as a as a reference. He's <laughs> 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 so like, and he goes, Yeah. Are you someone, Paul, who... Uh, I'm terrible at the final question, but this is the final question, I promise. Um, uh, all good. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm. Okay, taking care of your voice over the years, are you someone like who rested? Are you professionally trained and coached and all that good stuff? Uh, well, I'm not... I, I've taken a few lessons in my life. Uh, you, know, you can never take enough. I, I just ran into this guy online called Pierre Bristow, and... Um, he, uh, he has an online thing and, uh, it's, it's, it's just more than, than vocal lessons and it's, it's being learning confidence, uh, embracing fear and, and, and there's more motivational things that go with the vocal lessons and it's sing, it's called singing with freedom. And, uh, so I, I hooked up with, uh, Pierre Bristow and, uh, and he actually came to see Rockfall twice before he told me, and then uh, I actually uh, begged him to come and let, let him be my guest, and we could meet. And because uh, I was learning some stuff from him off of the internet, and uh, I got to meet him in person, and uh, what a, what an amazing guy! And then I actually went to one of his seminars that he had in Las Vegas, and uh, yeah, so I, I I constantly am doing stuff. That um, right now I'm learning to sing a whole different way again, like I sang when I was, you know, in, in the early, you know, late 30s. Why well, my late 30s? You know, mm. pretty much the prime of, of every man's life. You know, mm -hmm. and, and the dirty 30s, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, going back there. You know, I. I having a studio and sing in certain ways you know you start and then doing a show five nights a week you're changing your voice you're not singing the way just a certain way so going back learning this rough cut stuff and now I sing the quiet riot stuff uh, is really uh, it's been really a, 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 a quite a journey yeah what, what's the hardest song to sing for you Paul from back then right now it's probably rock in the USA okay yeah it's pretty high <laughs> So 
probably the um, the hardest rough the rough cut song. Welcome to the stars and stripes tonight. No backing tapes, Paul. No. <laughs> no, 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 uh, and, and it's a whole different way of singing, you know, uh, and, and doing stars isn't no, uh, is no uh, piece of cake. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> we're doing that, we're doing that song uh, as well, so, uh, yeah, singing, uh, you know, Ronnie was an amazing singer. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, uh, yeah it's... Uh, I, I right now it's been rocking in the U.S. I get I get through all of it. Yeah. Uh, although you know uh, I got to do warm ups now. Uh, 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 funny to say I've been messing around. My wife has a flute and I've been playing the flute, which is great for your 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 breath control. Okay. And so I noticed that since I've been tooting around on the flute before I sing. I, it's a lot easier to sing where I want to go, <laughs> you know, so it, it, it's, uh, it forces you to, to breathe correctly and throw out your words and, uh, or, or the sounds, you know, and so, uh, it was interesting because I was doing that and then I went in and I, I, uh, turned on everything in the studio and brought up the tracks and started with rocking in the USA and I got through it. It was cool. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. So Excellent. it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, anybody that's really wanting to sing, playing harmonica or any, any kind of, even any, any kind of instrument that, uh, a kazoo or anything like that. It, uh, actually, uh, it's a actually good, it's a, it's a good workout for your voice. Nice. Nice. Right, Paul, last thing for me, um, I love that Back on Track album that you did with J.K. Northrup as well. Fantastic. That's one of my favorite records, and we did two of them. Yeah. Uh, you I actually guess, you, uh, you, you actually signed it for me, so and I got J.K. Yeah. to sign it too. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, love, uh, I love those records. He's, yeah. a, he's a great songwriter. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Paul, I'll leave you go. So, thanks for talking well, God to me. God bless you, my friend. Yeah, I've been a big fan for many, many years. Hey, well, stay in touch, all right? I'll, I'll do my best. Do you have, uh, you have my cell number? I do. I do okay. have it, yep. All right, Paul. Okay. Have, a, have a good rest God of the night. God bless you, my friend. Happy right. holidays. Thank I'll you. Talk to you too. All right, Bye-bye. Paul. Thank you. But All right, there we go, our talk with Paul Shortino. And again, good job by Richie on uh, getting that one all tied together. And of course, you want to get a hold of Paul Shortino. He can be found at paulshortino.com. And if you want to find out what's going on with Rough Cut and his schedules and dates coming up, you can go up to facebook.com slash official. And, you know, Paul's one of these guys It's always great to have on the show because he's got such a long history and he talks pretty freely and you just never know what kind of tangent he's going to go on and what kind of story he's going to tell you from one time to the next. And uh, definitely a guy that you could probably sit down with for hours and just continually get all kinds of new stories out of the guy. And those are definitely some of our favorite guests here on Focus on Metal. So we still have a little bit of time left this week. And Paul mentioned Ronnie just a Oh, I don't know, a half a dozen times during that interview, and I'm thinking, we never really need an excuse to play Ronnie here on the show, but uh, this would be a really good time to play us some Dio. All right! The toxins send rushes through the brain! 
All right, Metalheads, that will do it for yet another week here on Focus on Metal. Hope you enjoyed our talk with Paul Shortino. Can you believe it? Another year of metal is uh, almost drawing to a close here as we're just starting to click through the weeks in December. I mean, it's just flown. Um, I'm not sure what's up for next week. In fact, I'm not even sure when Richie's back from Ireland yet. I haven't heard from the guy for a little bit. Hope he's uh, enjoying his time off. But as it stands right now, unless something uh, really amazing drops into my lap in the next few days and next week will probably be uh, one of our final episodes of Little Mountain. I believe we've got two more left to go and maybe within the next, what, two to three weeks, if I get both of those finished up, we could actually say we've concluded the Little Mountain project in 2016. It uh, definitely has been a long journey with this one, but uh, obviously some really cool stuff we've talked to, a lot of great people we've talked to as well. So uh, I think maybe that's what we'll try to do is sprint to the finish line for this year and be able to conclude that project because I know that Richie's got a really great idea for uh, for next year, something that we were going to try to do this year, but uh, Little Mountain just kept on going. So uh, I'm thinking maybe next year, Rich, we'll, uh, we'll finally get to that other idea that we discussed. So between this week and next week, you know, if you're looking for some more Focus on Metal to listen to, you can always go up to focusonmetal.net, go over to the episodes page, and there is all of our episodes going back five years. And uh, there's links for almost all of them that are up there. If you come up to one that uh, you go, wow, this sounds like a really cool episode, and you don't have the download or streaming link that's sitting there on that uh, that little box for the episode, you can shoot an email at shout at focusonmetal.net, and I can... Uh, do my best to see about getting that link all created and put up there for you. But there is definitely a lot to explore up there as far as episodes. And we're talking, this is episode 310, so you've got a whole crap load of uh, great metal guests in music to listen to. And, of course, if you're looking for even more great hard rock and metal content, then I know I always plug it, but i got to plug it again. Head over to earpeeler.com. And the guys over there, they aggregate all kinds of great audio and video podcasts and shows every single week. I'm not even every single week. Every single day there's new stuff being added on there. So you get all your favorites up there, and you might also find some great new ones you didn't know existed. So again, if you're looking for some new shows to listen to, you can always head to earpeeler.com. And also just another shout out to the guys over at Decibel Geek. Those guys are always putting on some amazing shows, always great stuff to listen to. And again, you can find them at decibelgeek.com. So that's it for this week. Stick a fork in it. This puppy is done. Like I said, keep up with us at focusonmetal.net focusonmetal.blogspot.com over on Facebook and also on Twitter. So for Richie, myself, and everybody here at Focus on Metal, have yourselves a great metal week, and until we talk to you again next week, remember... Focus on Metal! Everything else is insignificant. Still here? It's over. Go home.